today on It's Time. All of a sudden, the burden of the law falls off my back. Isn't that good to know? Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. If you have a Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. Everything you need to know about life is in the Bible. That's one of the great things about the Word of God. Everything you need to know is right here. Now, I remember when I was 18, I remember very distinctly I was there in the house alone and I heard a knock at the door. And when I came to the door, there was a couple of nicely dressed people. And they began to share some things with me about God that I knew were not true. See, I was raised in church. Thank God for a a biblical heritage that we have. I was raised in church. I went to church all the time, heard all the Sunday school. And and, and in that process, you you really learn a lot. I I remember uh, the Song of Solomon, or excuse me, uh, Ecclesiastes. And I remember in the seventh grade, uh, I was... Leaning back in the chair, narrow room, the teacher was up front, a couple of my friends down the side. And I remember when he got to chapter 3, he said, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. This is in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I said, but what does that mean? And he said, for nothing, for nothing, all is for nothing. And I remember saying, well, what kind of a sadist wrote this? You see, it when I was uh, in seventh grade... It isn't until you get a little older in life that you realize that unless you live your life for God, everything's meaningless because you're going to check out and leave it all to somebody else. And this is what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes. How do I know who's going to come after me is going to be a fool with the things that I've accumulated or not? Will he be wise with it and multiply it? Will he be a fool and squander it away? Well, we see that all the time. People get an inheritance sometimes. And within a month, it's all gone. Why? Well, because they haven't balanced their life out. So Solomon was right. But I didn't recognize that when I was in the seventh grade. Well, when I was 18, looking at these two nicely dressed people through the screen door, and they started telling me things that I knew weren't true, I was very frustrated because I know what they were telling me was not right, But here it is, I didn't know how to defend my faith. I didn't know how to say, wait a minute, what you're saying is not right. That's why when it comes to the Bible, it's important that we know it. Why? Because what you believe about life is how you live your life. If you believe life is just a flash in the pan, I'm grabbing what I can get, There is no eternal destiny. There is no real purpose I'm here. I'm a cosmic mistake because lightning hit a swamp. Some squiggly things happen and whammo, here we all are. 
Or am I divinely appointed in time for this purpose? And I believe if we really are honest, we have to conclude there's something even the most vile sinner will oftentimes admit there's something more to life than meets the eye. Well, I think that's what's important. Now, the next thing is, if there is life after death, how do I know if I'm good enough to get there? And and here's the other problem. If I ain't, it's too late to do anything about it. So I got a problem. How do I fix that? Well, the Bible tells us a couple things. The law in the Old Testament was never meant to justify us. It was meant to show us God's standard of what he expected. The thou shalt, the thou shalt nots. The problem is, we have an old sin nature. And if you haven't discovered that, yet you will. We have a bend to do things wrong. It's just the way we are. Now again, sinning doesn't make you a sinner. Sinning proves what we are. (laughs) It proves we're sinners. So when we look at this in the book of Galatians, Paul is writing to a group of churches scattered throughout the area of modern-day Turkey. And he's writing to them because of how a person is justified. How are you made right? Now, why is that important? Well, first of all, you need to be made right with God. The second thing is you need to be made right with yourself. If you're not right with yourself, you will enter into what's called self-hate, self-loathing. And we see all the results all over the news every day about the cutters, those that cut themselves. Uh, You'll read about those that are always trying to alter their self in some way, whether through drugs, through getting stoned, loaded, drinking, partying, whatever, to modify themselves so I will like myself. See, that tells me that a person is not righteous or right because if you were right, you wouldn't have to add something else to you to make you right, okay? The reason we eat cold medicine is because what? We have a cold. Well, at least that should be the reason. The point is, Paul recognized this. And Paul recognized that we are not justified through the law, the thou shalt, because it showed us God's standard, and I could never get to God's standard. It's too high. And even though I try, I'm going to fail. And the Bible tells us, as we read last week in chapter 3, if you err in one part of the law, you've erred in all of it. It's an all-or-nothing kind of thing. So now we find, how is a person justified? Well, He said it's through what Jesus did for us on the cross. Jesus paid the debt, the the, uh, imbalance of us being right with God and what we are. We had a tremendous infusion of spiritual cash in our life that God brought us up to where we're supposed to be. Something we can never do in ourselves. So now we find Paul goes to these churches in Galatia. And this is kind of interesting because it's a morning very similar to today. They had regularly agape meals. Now, maybe they did it once a month. Maybe they did it every Sunday. We don't know for sure. Sounds like in the Bible they were doing it every week. 
And for many of the slaves and the poor people, this was probably the only good meal they got uh, uh, in, in the entire week. And so they would come together, they would fellowship together, and this is, we find this also in Corinthians chapter 11. He said, when you come together for communion and, and the rest of the things, he, he said, you come together not for your betterment, but it's for your worse. Well, here we find interesting a morning similar to this morning. The Bible tells us when Peter, and let's go look at verse 11. Oh, let's pray. Father, as we read your word today, you settle our hearts. You allow us to be able to make defense for our faith when we're challenged. No matter what it might be. Even in our own thoughts, people that we're looking at through screen doors. God, whatever it might be, we just ask you to give us that wisdom that comes from you and cause us to remember these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And now we find it says, but when Peter had come to Antioch, Antioch was was kind of uh, Paul's home plate. That's where he kind of worked out of. His ministry was to the non-Jewish people. There was the prejudice, as we all remember, between the Jews and the Gentiles. And, and, and so, uh, because we're God's chosen people, the Jews would say. In fact, this was part of their stumbling because they believed because they were part of God's chosen people, they really didn't have to do anything to get right with God. We just kind of showed up and we arrived. Here I am. Well, but when Peter had come to Antioch, Peter was sent to the Jews. Um, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Now, this is weird because this is a meal like today. Now, if you could picture this going on after the service, we're all in there. And Paul is there, and we've just had a great uh, time in God's Word, learning about the grace of God, that we're justified by faith in Him. And we're all there. Peter's there as well. Everybody's having a good time. And a couple of dudes show up at the door. And these dudes are from Jerusalem. Now, Peter thinks that they will tell the other apostles in Jerusalem, that he's with all these Gentiles. And so Peter, soon as he sees these guys, spies, he gets up and goes over and sets with other, probably not very many, Jewish people. Well, Paul saw it. Paul said, that's not right. We're showing partiality. We're showing prejudice here. And so what he says, but when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Not because he came to Antioch, but because of what he did when he was at Antioch. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, showed up, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Fearing those that were professing Jesus, but staying and hanging on to the law. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite. Now, these are some pretty strong words. And this is all going down at the agape meal, okay? 
You think sometimes the church today has issues? Uh, They had them then too. And here's one recorded for us in the Bible. And so when the rest of the Jews, who also played the hypocrite with him, the, the word hypocrite in the Greek means the word the actor. So uh, hypocrite, the actor. It's funny that um, uh, the Emmy Awards and the Golden Globe Awards and all these other awards for being the best actor, if we really, they, they get the award for being the best hypocrite. They can portray somebody else other than what they are. That's what the whole idea of an actor is. Well, he's saying you guys are are professing to have a relationship with God in faith, but then when you're around a different group of people, you change. You're morphing into something else. And the rest of the Jews also with him. And so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Barnabas was kind of his right-hand guy. So you don't think peer pressure can cause us to do things we normally wouldn't do? Well, we're all aware of it in the world. You know, a bunch of people around the water cooler and they tell a blue joke and everybody's laughing and they all look at you. Are you going to laugh too? Oh, well, (laughs) we don't know what to do a lot of times. See, peer pressure. But this peer pressure, friends, wasn't coming from the world. It was coming from believers. Now, this is kind of a different mindset than we're usually used to. And so he says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles, and not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? He's saying, you're enjoying, Peter, your freedom in Christ. You realize that Jesus paid it all. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Debt paid in full. Everything that the law and the prophets of the Old Testament required was paid in Jesus Christ. That, that's good news. Well, when it was all paid in full, Peter, you're living now in that freedom but yet you're ashamed to be around the Gentiles who enjoy that freedom and you're compelling them to live like Jews. And even his own compadre, Barnabas, was swayed by the peer pressure. Now, again, I think it's always important. Peer pressure is is a bad thing. The reason we succumb to peer pressure is because either we're not bold enough in ourselves and who we are or we don't know who we are. That's why it's important. Those guys standing behind the screen door. I knew what they were saying was false. I I just didn't know how to defend myself. And I remember that was, it's one of those defining moments. And in your life, you're going to find that. There'll be defining moments that will change the way you think about things. Maybe it's the first car wreck you've ever gotten into. You have a completely different respect for, free, for speed, metal, steering wheels, and anything else you ran into. It changes your life. Well, the same thing it is in our spiritual life. There are things that will happen to us that will cause us to change the way we think. And again, what you believe forms the way you think. So if you don't believe anything, you're going to come up with always the wrong way to think. Thus, you're going to come up with the wrong way to live. So the Bible tells us. He's saying, if 
you are trying to live as somebody under the law and you don't, why are you compelling other people to do that? Now, notice, first of all, Paul said to his face. So it may very well have been that this was something at this meal that was very pronounced. I mean, like everybody, I mean, everybody's sitting there, all of a sudden Peter gets up and he runs across and goes, sits with the Jews. Paul going, hey, wait a hey, wait a minute, what you doing? So he calls him out on it. Why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? Who are the Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, for the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Why is that important? Well, these guys I was looking at through the screen door, they were telling me I had to worship on Saturday to be right with God. And I said, so let me ask you something. I have to do something to be right with God? Well, yes. And, and, and they had a whole lot of other things they wanted me to do. And I remembered this, but I t- couldn't remember the address. Sometimes I do that. I forget the address. You ever had one of those GPS things that tell you where to find somebody? If you believe everything a GPS tells you, you will end up in a cornfield. I went over last night to some friend's house, and it told me to go straight. And so I'm going straight. Go straight another half a mile. I went straight another half a mile. Turn right. There's no road there. There's no road at all. There's a little cow paddy road going down that. You can't go down that. It didn't know that there wasn't a road there. So sometimes GPS ain't going to tell you the truth. God's word will always tell you the truth. God will tell you where you're at, where you're going, where you've been. Now, as we look at this, he says, we're not justified by keeping the law. There's nothing you and me do to be spiritual. Isn't that weird? See, that's not the religion. I, 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 I look at the religions of the world, and they're all doing something to be religious. Oh, feeling me, bony tummy. They got all this stuff going on. They're all trying to do something to be right with God. They came to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, what must we do to inherit eternal life? And I can just see them kind of wringing their hands going, God, he's going to say, uh, you know, a lot of probably what people think today, doing things make you righteous. Wear blue, sell flowers in airports, uh, you know, these kinds of things. And Jesus said something to me. He said, believe that the Father has sent me. That's the works that I've got to do. Believe that the Father has sent you. That makes me right. Yes. All of a sudden, the burden of the law and me being a do-goody falls off my back. Isn't that good to know? Isn't Isn't that the gospel? See, the gospel is the good news. What's good news? The good news is somebody else did it all for you. But the problem that we find today is that they want to add to what Jesus did. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. 
The Bible said it's not by works of righteousness, lest anyone would boast. Now, what that means is this. Well, I accepted Christ as my Savior. That made me sort of good. But look at all the things that I have done. I'm better than you. That's what that's talking about. Not by, because when we do something to makes us something, then we boast about it. You see, it becomes comparative. In other words, how do I know I'm right with God? Well, as long as I'm better than you, I'm okay. And just to make sure I'm better than you, I can enter into something called gossip. <laughs> what that is, is as long as I can find something wrong with everybody else, I'm still okay. So Sister Susie Lou, what have you heard? Well, I heard that Billy Bob did this, and then, you know, and, and, and Rebecca did that. And I, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm still good then, I'm still good. Long as I'm not as bad as them, I'm okay. That's why the Bible condemns gossip so bad. Because gossip, in an indirect way, is trying to justify yourself. Because, again, would you want somebody... In fact, I, I always remember I was around some people that were just... Oh, they were... They couldn't talk without running somebody else down. And I, I, as I walked away, I thought, I wonder what they say about me when they're gone, when I'm gone. These people spare no one. But the reason for gossip, if you can always remember this, this is why the Bible condemns it so heavily. It's self-justification. As long as I'm not as bad as them, I'm okay. Paul says if we're not justified by our works, but we're justified by Christ, why then are you acting this way? Now, a couple of things. And I want you all to remember this, because this is real important in reading this. Peter was a disciple of Jesus. Peter had seen firsthand the things that Jesus did. He saw firsthand the way the Pharisees and their religious junk was, was, was trying to ruin the simplicity of the gospel. The thing I find here that's pretty amazing is that Peter was condemned here. Uh, and by the way, it says Mark was the cause division. He, he looked at Peter, Paul did, and said, you're causing division, pal. You're, you're saying that Jesus' blood didn't cover it all. Now we got to get out there, get under the law. These spies that came in are checking us out to see, are we really keeping the Sabbath? Are we, hey, what, what's in that pot of beans? You're, oh, there's pork in there. Ah, I'm not going to eat that. Pork and beans. I'm not going to eat that. Let's go back. Okay, disciples in Jerusalem. Yeah, we up there. We, we, we saw Paul. We saw them Gentiles up there. They were eating pork and beans. Oh, what are we going to do with them? That's what, he, that's what they were about. And Paul says, look, either we're justified by what Jesus did for us on the cross or we're not. Okay, knowing that, now you know where it's at in the Bible. When people come to your door saying, have you heard another testament of Jesus Christ? Or we're here to tell you about end times. Or we're here to tell you about the cow that jumped over the moon. You can say, wait a minute. I believe I go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross 
for me, period. That's what allows you and me to go to heaven. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.